Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Colorado Springs with my lovely bride, and yet one of the things that I just, is not the highlight of my life, is having to go to Walmart, okay? Walmart and me just, we don't jive real well because I, yeah, I try to be a friendly person and I don't know what it is about Walmart that makes people unfriendly most of the time or too friendly. You've all, re- has anybody ever run into somebody that's too friendly at Walmart yes. that overshare everything, especially when they're a cashier? <laughs> Not really. It's all fun and games. But anyway, so I come out of Walmart and man, it's just one of those busy times. I mean, a Walmart in Colorado Springs is a little busier than the Walmart in Elizabeth. And so anyway, we get in the truck and, and the way I had pulled in, the way I have to pull out is to go right in front of Walmart, right? And of course, as a pretty poor planning on my part, but as it would have, whenever I pulled out, I was coming right up to the front doors, Right. So there's just a constant stream of people. There's a line of cars both ways because there's like these, you know, yield to pedestrian signs right there in the in the way and everything. So we come out and the pedestrians see all the cars backed up. They don't know whether to go. The people in line doesn't know where to go. So I really felt like God had put me there on purpose because I'm a cowboy and I'm a leader and we need to get some cows through this gate. Right. So I took it upon myself. The the four-way stop idea was not working and everything. So I saw my opportunity, so I took it. So I turn left and I go. And as I'm turning left, I don't remember what we had bought from Walmart, but it was in the back of the pickup. And it fell over. And it was like, crash, right there in front of everybody, right? And everybody kind of looks up and I'm like, Oh, that was embarrassing. So I keep driving. And as I'm driving, the radio's on. And Cammie said, you remember that? I was like, what is that? She goes, I don't know. So I'm looking in my rearview mirror. Like, did the tailgate fall down? Because everybody's looking. They're like, I was like, well, maybe they recognize me. <laughs> One lady's like, I'm like, she is overcome with emotion that I'm driving by. This is amazing. What is that noise? (laughs) I'm going to tell you, dog. I'm going to tell you. Well, in my haste to be such a good leadership, I didn't run over the pedestrian crossing sign. You did. I was dragging the watch for pedestrian signs underneath my truck. Here I am trying to shine a bright light and bring some order to this chaotic world. No wonder everybody was pointing at me, laughing at me. It was was a little embarrassing. Well, I was, (laughs) yeah, the other day I I was calling a bunch of Long X Ranch cowboys and I I talked to uh, Megan from Callaway, Nebraska. And just in our, in our conversation, I was like, hey, you know, since you got me on the phone, can I answer any questions or can I, you know, can I help you with anything? I mean, you got me, what can I do for you? And so we just started, a con- she's like, no, nothing really, but we started just talking and she was telling me about her life 
And, you know, she said, you know, I do have a question. She said, how do you live for Jesus when you really don't like people? <laughs> and, and I felt that in my soul, right? Because I don't like people. I like the person. I like persons. But I don't like groups of people or anything. She goes, well, we're ranchers and we train ranch horses, so we're never around people. But she said, but I go to the community. You know, I go into our little community and I just see people that you know are Christian and that you know you want to live your life like them. And I want somebody to look at me that way. How do we do that? And I said, Megan, I said, you know what? You were confirmation. You are an answer to prayer. Because as of Friday, I still didn't have a sermon, which that's not really out of the ordinary, asked Sarah. But, you know, as of Friday, I still didn't have a sermon. But I had been reading in 1 Thessalonians, and one scripture, one little passage of about three or four verses had stood out to me. And I told Megan, I said, Megan, just by you asking me that question is just confirmation that this is what I need to preach about. But it's not just something that I need to preach about. It's something that I need to take to heart. It's something that I need to learn. It's something that I need to do. Today, we will go over these verses in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I hope that you will be encouraged to shine bright for others, even when you don't like people. The scripture today is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. We're going to go through them verse by verse a little bit and talk about exactly what they say and what they mean. We're going to start off in verse 9, and it says this. Don't you remember, all, don't y'all remember all of our hard work? This is Paul writing to the, Thessalon the church at Thessalonica. Don't you remember all our hard work? We were the first ones to saddle up in the morning and the last ones to unsaddle in the evening. We even took the, all the night check duties so we would not be a burden and expect others to do something that we wouldn't do. We preached and we worked at the same time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. See, working hard makes your light shine bright. That's what Paul is saying. When we were with y'all, man, we worked hard. We didn't ask y'all to do anything that we didn't do. He's telling us this is a way for your light to shine bright, even when you don't like people. Be the first one to work and the last one to leave. You know what? Do the crappy job with as much gusto as you do the fun jobs. You know, it's easy to be upbeat and happy when you're dragging calves at a branding. Can we do the same thing? when we're fixing fence and cleaning out water troughs, right, Blake? <laughs> Blake is like, yeah, yeah. I mean, be the first one to work and the last one to leave. Be the cowboy that makes work fun. And I would probably say that most of your jobs, for the most part, there's nothing fun about them. But that doesn't mean that we have to be sticks in the mud. One of the ways that God shines bright through us is through our bubbly personalities. Y'all have bubbly personalities, right? I mean, you do, right? Yeah, some of you don't. Some of you don't. I know you. <laughs> some of you don't. And that's okay. Y'all are the flat soda. We're the fizzy ones, right? Not really. I'm joking. 
You don't have to have a bubbly personality to work hard and let other people see you work hard. Be the example in your workplace. That's a way that you shine bright. Make it fun if you can. I mean, last week whenever we were out moving cows, I don't know, it was, it was most of us out there. And anyway, while we're sitting there waiting on the cows, to the yearlings to water, I was sitting there, I was like, hey, y'all think you can use your phone's camera to look in your own ear? And I have a video of Blake and Mitch trying it. It does work. You can actually do it. You can actually do it. So guys, you really should see how much hair is in your ears because it's substantial. <laughs> Nobody's told you that until now. I would like to shine a bright light into your ears and say you probably need to trim some of that stuff because it's becoming a bad excuse of why you don't listen to your wife. Okay? Be the guy that has fun. Be the girl that has fun. You know what I mean? There, it, it's not rocket science that, that we are supposed to have joy in the Lord, and we can do so with our hard work. We can be the first ones to work. We can be the last ones to leave, not because we're trying to make people look at us, but because of who we are, the lives that we're supposed to leave. You know, we all know that one guy or gal that works hard and still has a smile on their face. Be that one. Be that one. You don't have to just go up to people and spread the gospel like I do. You can spread the gospel right where you're at, whether you're in an arena by yourself training a ranch horse, or whether you're a teacher or a businessman, a banker, or maybe even you're retired. It doesn't matter. Do everything unto God and be joyful about it. Work hard. Be the example. That's how, you know, like Megan said on the phone call, don't every one of y'all want to be who she's talking about? That when people see you out in the community, that they look at you and say, you know what? I, don't, I may not know them real well, but I can just tell by the way that they live their lives that they're godly people, that they, they kind of know what's important, that they've got their priorities straight, that they don't let all of the crushing stress that, that is available to us bother them. You can tell that they have a strong faith. Don't you want to be that? This is one way you do that, is by working hard makes your light shine bright. Another way that you can do it in this same deal is don't ask others to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. You know, Ty, uh, Ty's not here but Ty works his butt off. I mean, to the point that sometimes I've threatened to lock the gate at the ranch. I'm like, Ty, you know, I mean, it, it's okay. He goes, I'll just climb over. I mean, that, that's just the way Ty is, you know. He, but he never, for, for the people that volunteer around him, they know this. Ty will never ask somebody to do something that he's not willing to do. And Ty goes 101%, 101%. But the first few years, it was just me and Ty. And we, you know, we had Gary and Brett were our two main when we first started the, uh, the ranch. Gary ended up becoming a board member and Brett ended up becoming an employee. And um, we worked hard. And now that we went from one ranch to three, we have a lot more people that help us on a, on a daily basis. But we've never asked any of those guys to do something that we haven't done ourselves, me and Ty. 
And even when Ty was doing the ranching and I was helping him take care of our ranch, I was the primary servant. I was the one that went to the neighboring ranches to help out. And now that we have Blake and Mitch and Brett and we've grown in size, they've kind of taken that over. And I have to, and I, I talk to Mitch and Blake a lot because they have some stories about helping outside people, you know, crazy stories and then stories that like people don't appreciate them and stuff like that. And yet they still do it. They still go out there and do it. And I tell them, y'all can come and gripe to me about it because there ain't been nothing that y'all do that I haven't done myself. If you want to shine your light bright, Work hard. Be that person that even when it's unenjoyable, you bring a modicum of joy to it. Maybe a little bit of laughter, maybe a little bit of a smile, maybe a lot less of the complaining. People that shine bright for God don't ask others to do something that they're not willing to do. Be that type of person that they know that if you ask them to do something, it's because you've done it, not because we're lazy and passing the buck. It's because we want people to grow. Working hard makes your light shine bright. Be the first one to work and the last one to leave. Hard work. And, and that's not unusual for us to talk to people in the cowboy culture about. I don't know of anybody here that doesn't work really hard. And I'm sure the same goes with y'all online too. Don't ask others to do something you wouldn't do. And working hard makes your light shine. There's one catch to that. Hard work alone doesn't shine God's light only when there's no separation between your spiritual life and your regular life. Are you the same person right now? Right now. Are you the same person right now as you are on Monday morning? You should be. We all should be. Do we get that right every time? No, we don't. But that's what we should strive for, to be the exact same person sitting in church, listening to God's word as we are when we're out there in the muck, in the mire, and with stupid people. I, I shouldn't say that. With, with people that are hard to love, I don't, I shouldn't say stupid. I don't mean that. That's not, sorry. Because I can be stupid sometimes too. So anyway, put my foot in my mouth. I'm sure I'll hear about it. I apologize aforehand. Work hard, make sure light shine bright. Next verse, next verse, verse 10. Y'all saw with your own eyes, and God was watching too, how we conducted ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord every single day. Y'all old hands here, you OGs, y'all old gangsters that go to save the cowboy, you OCs, old cowboys, old cowgirls. Y'all have heard me say this. One of the things that I hate the most in common Christian culture is, is the term, what would Jesus do? Okay? I hate that because I don't think it's an accurate uh, way for us to say we're going to do what Jesus did. What I mean by that is what would Jesus do? Well, sometimes he walked on water. Sometimes he brought people back from the dead. Sometimes he healed leprosy. And sometimes he did this. And sometimes he did that. And we may not ever do that. Okay? So... What Jesus would do might be different than what we would do, okay? He was God. He could see people's hearts. He knew the perfect answer to every question. We don't, okay? We don't. So I don't think it's fair to put ourselves up on what would Jesus do because we're not God. But you know what we can do? What could we do that Jesus would smile about? That's something that we can push ourselves toward. 
What could we do that Jesus would be proud of? How can we handle this situation where we don't have to ask for forgiveness later or feel any shame or guilt or doubt? Verse 10, y'all saw with your own eyes and God was watching too how we conducted ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord every single day. See, this is what that is saying. Being above reproach makes your light shine bright. Being above reproach. Now, that is a biblical word. Most of the time, I really doubt you use that in your everyday language, right? I don't know if somebody says, well, I answered that question so I could be above reproach. Nobody talks like that. But it doesn't mean that it's not a good biblical concept. Let's talk about it. Above reproach does not mean that you have to be perfect or that you're expected to be perfect, just intentional in everything that you do. Being above reproach makes your light shine bright, and being above reproach does not mean that you have to be perfect. It means you have to be intentional in doing things the way God says to do them. Make sense? I think a lot of people, they, they, they shoot for perfection, and when they don't get there, they think it's not worth it. Listen, we're never going to be perfect on this side of the hill, okay? One day, we're all going to saddle up, strike a long trot, and we're going to go over the hill and leave all these people behind and meet all those that have gone before us. That's when our perfection starts, when we shed this mortal, sinful shell that we have to live in, in our bodies and in this world. Being above reproach doesn't mean you have to be perfect, guys. It means you have to be intentional in what you do. And to be intentional, let's see how I can say this. To be intentional, you have to be intentional about it, okay? And I mean, like, you have to keep your mind focused on it. And listen, that's real difficult at first. It is very difficult at first to always be mindful of everything that you say, everything that you do, everything that you are, the way you look at people, the way you treat people. You have to be intentional about it. That's what being above reproach means. And none of it is easy in the beginning. Above reproach doesn't mean that you won't get mad. Okay? <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it say don't get mad. But the Bible does say don't let the sun go down on your anger. And the Bible also said it's okay to get mad. It is not okay to let your tongue just start wagging uncontrollably and saying whatever comes to your pea brain at the moment. Because that's exactly what our brain is when we're mad, is a pea brain. We start thinking with things that are contrary to the Word of God, right? Being above reproach doesn't mean you won't get mad. You just won't lose your temper and say or do something that you'll regret later. That's what being above reproach means, guys. We cannot go through this life without getting angry. We're going to get angry. It's going to happen. It's in inevitable. But if you are intentional about how you're living your life, because that's what being above reproach means, is to be intentional with the way that we live our lives. We just want, when we do get mad, we're not going to lose our temper and say something that we don't mean. Being above reproach makes your light shine bright. Being above reproach is one key 
to when you're out in the community and you're not going to know it. Those people that Megan was talking about, they don't know that she said that. And you know what? When you put some of these things into practice, when you are living intentionally for Christ, do you know what? People are going to start saying that about y'all. I guarantee it. You may never know about it, but I've heard of it. I've heard some of it from y'all, about y'all. I'll be walking in Elizabeth or in Kiowa where I'll be on a ranch somewhere and somebody will say, I heard about your church. Oh, so-and-so goes, and I cannot believe the change I've seen in them. I've heard that about you. I've heard it about you. Not all of you, but I've heard it about you. That means your light is shining bright. We work hard to let our light shine bright for others. We are above reproach. Being above reproach makes our light shine bright. Now we're at verse 11. Verse 11, we treated y'all like a loving rancher teaches his own kids how to be top hands. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, man, we treated y'all like a loving father teaches his own kids. Yeah, sometimes we were hard on you, but we did it because we love you. Loving others makes your light shine bright. Loving others. Isn't that the million dollar question though? How do you love on others? I mean, what is the biblical definition of loving others? Because we know it's not enabling people. You know, loving others is not bringing a fifth of whiskey to an alcoholic because it's his birthday. That is not loving others, right? So what is loving others? How are we supposed to love others? And I'm talking about just on an everyday basis, whether you're in Walmart, the grocery store, your workplace, on vacation, whatever the case may be. How can you love on somebody today? Well... Here's three ways. They're not rocket science. They're actually pretty common sense. Unfortunately, that's not so common anymore. Loving others makes your light shine bright. Want to know how to love others? Be genuine. Be genuine. Don't be fake. Don't try to fake something. I mean, if you're an old codger, just be an old codger and love on them. You know, you ain't got to change your stripes. I mean, that, that's the worst thing you can do. It's to be somebody that you're not. Just be the absolute best version of the old codger that you are. Okay? Actually, I'm, I'm pretty close to my bachelor's in that by now. I didn't know it was going to come at 23, but here I am. Be genuine. Because, be, listen, man, you want to know, know why cowboy churches are so popular? It's because something about this movement, this ministry, allows us preachers to be genuine, to share our struggles without the worry of the color of the carpet or the color of the drapes. People ask, well, why don't you build your own building? I don't want the headache. Why am I going to spend a million dollars for y'all to be comfortable for 30 minutes? Let's use that money to help people and feed people and love on people instead, right? Encourage, or be genuine. Be genuine. Second part, don't brown nose or kiss people's butts. And, I, you know, I, I shouldn't even have to say that because it's not that prevalent in the cowboy culture. Maybe that's for some other people. But, but seriously, that's part of being genuine. Don't use flattery to try to get somewhere that your heart wouldn't have taken you anyway. Don't kiss people's butts. Nobody, no, no, that will never stand the test of time, okay? It just won't. So that's how you don't love on somebody. Don't just go love on somebody and, and say something that you don't mean, trying to make them like you. That's not genuine. That's not genuine at all. You want to know how to love others? I don't know how better to say it than this right here. Use the manners your grandparents taught you. 
and you'll be really close to getting it right. I heard the strange noise, right? I heard the strange noise. Still didn't know what it was, so I turned, you know, I turned right in front, and then I heard this noise, and everybody was looking at me crazy, and I didn't know what was going on, so I turned down the next aisle so I could get away from people. And as I was driving, people were walking, and they were like, and I just kept driving. And I got down to the, nearly the end of the row, and I got out, and that's whenever I discovered that I had run over the walk, what you, caution, <laughs> don't run over people sign. I ran over the don't run over people sign that was where the people were walking. And if things couldn't get worse, I couldn't get it out. <laughs> it had like this big, thick rubber base, and I guess it was made. So like if somebody runs over it, it doesn't break it, but it bent and it was shoved up under my radiator and I couldn't get it out. So I had to back up a little bit and I didn't know what I was going to do, but luckily there was a Walmart guy there. <sighs> Good old Walmart guys. This one, this one should be promoted because he walked over. He looked, I looked at him. I was, my thinking was not above reproach. I was like, if you say anything negative, I'm going to throat punch you. I said, I think I'm going to have to back up a little bit. He goes, I think so. So I back up a little bit and he leans down and I see a hand come up like, whoa. So I stop and I hear this. And he pulls it out and he smiles real big and he holds it up. And I'm thinking, here's where the shame comes in, right? This is when he's going to go tell me, you know, like, sir, you really need to watch where you're going. Or I was going to be big Ford truck shamed and all of this stuff. Instead, he holds it up, chunks it into like the little medium that was right there and went, you're good to go. <laughs> be that guy. Be that guy. <laughs> 